0: Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.
1: Welcome one and welcome all to the greatest show of them all it is the nfc east mixtape volume 132 you can listen to our show uh, wherever you get your podcasts uh, across sb nation nfc east blog podcast networks you can also watch it on the bleeding green nation youtube channel or the blog and the boys youtube channel if you do uh, watch on youtube make sure to subscribe to the channel that you prefer Uh, if you're an eagles fan that would be bgn cowboys fan btb we don't want you to contaminate your algorithm uh but if you do check us out on youtube you will see that brandon gotton just waved one of I don't know if they have a name for the towels that the Rally Phillies are towel. using. Okay, well at least it's not like at least not trying to do like a, a very special towel thing. Uh, my name is Choa, BLG. The Phillies um, look great. Uh, my Astros a little bit down right now, and tough scene for me because I'm sure that makes you happy and it makes a lot of my followers happy because they're Texas Rangers fans. So stuck between a rock and a hard place, yeah. I am. That is interesting to me that dynamic for
2: you, but you know, still a seven game series. Lots of things can happen for the Astros. Same thing against the Phillies excited for that. People aren't really here for that, but it's certainly That's a necessary true. conversation. It would be for the sake of the show, at least mildly interesting
1: if the Phillies and Astros get back to the world series and play against each other again, I, but, uh, it would also be we'll interesting see. for Philly and Dallas people. I was thinking about this and brought this up in our post game show on Monday night, because yeah, it, it, it could be Rangers Phillies, obviously at this point in time and the Cowboys play the Eagles three weeks from now, I think, in Philadelphia. Um, So that could... first weekend in November. I meant to look this up. That could line up with a potential World Series game if things broke the right way um and it was mm. just it was funny the way you know I the, the, well I know I know but the Eagles uh were in Houston to, to play the Texans we've talked about this many times on Thursday Night Football last year um mm. on what was I think game five of the World Series yeah um so that was kind of cool it would be interesting if that happened again in an overall sports sense uh but again no mm. one's here to hear us talk about that what they are here to hear us talk about Brandon today th- as we record what
2: I think they would be in like texas around that time if i'm not mistaken because it would be if the rangers and the phillies play the Phillies would have a uh, home field advantage. So it'd be yeah, too the Cowboys
1: Eagles game in question is in Philadelphia. So it's not like somebody could go to both, right? That's what um, I'm saying. I but think still in different cities. But yes, for mm. most people who would watch these events on television, it would be an interesting dynamic. But again, a lot of ball to play before then, before we get to the football, not the baseball. Um, it's Tuesday, it's noon, actually central as you and I record this, we had to go an hour later because I had a lot of stuff happening on Tuesday morning, obviously. Uh, so appreciate BLG. But I saw this Brandon today for us yesterday, For the listener is national pasta day so Mm. what is your favorite pasta okay that's it Noki. okay i like a good bow tie um i think bow tie gets slept on um with regards to actual pasta okay fine what sauce
2: you've never had vodka sauce which is so yeah i um, guess that's just a
1: southern texas thing at some level I I, i don't know i've only ever been to the east coast um twice when i was in high school our marching band we did a trip and went to dc what did you play i was on the drum line i I make this joke i
2: don't think i knew that
1: Really? Uh, I make this joke all the time that um, when you're on the drumland in high school, you sign a contract that says that anytime you have a chance in your future to bring up that you're on the drumland in high school, you have to bring up that you're on the drumland in high school. So I was on the drumland in high school. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, but my freshman year, I was uh, on the cymbal line, which is technically a part of the drum line. Mm-hmm. And um, in our marching band, we went on a trip in the summer to Washington, D.C., um, to Cedar Point, Ohio, and to Hershey, Pennsylvania. Um, So that was really cool. Um, That was the only or one of the only times I've been there. I also went uh, and saw the Cowboys play the Patriots in Boston four years ago. So I don't have a lot of East Coast experience. um, And vodka sauce seems like something that's kind of part of that neck of the woods. I think you would like it. I'm pretty confident. It's like it's pretty universally liked. I don't think it's polarizing okay well yeah another day it seems like something that i i would like to eat i want to save it for an east coast trip and maybe when it's like cold outside like 40 degrees outside that's what i'm kind of feeling as far as sure. the overall vibe is concerned
2: yeah get some vodka i mean you could do it with the uh, bow ties but i would recommend a rigatoni that's typically what you would find it with but hard okay. to go wrong either way
1: let us know uh mixologists what your preferred favorite pasta is uh you can tweet at us at brandon gun at rjochoa or uh message us on instagram with the hashtag mixtape pasta is what we're mm-hmm. going to go with uh, this particular week. Uh, Are you gonna Brandon- give
2: Our loyal listener who tweeted, Wait, you us should. That you don't give him the credit for it. That's I don't not- really acknowledge this nickname. I didn't you denounce should. it, but I just, it's kind of a no comment from me. Well, let's hear the whole comment. There's talent. no comment. You're the one who uses it. No, you I'm not. This is on credit. you. This, this is
1: on you. I'm. This, you use it. Is, the ball How is in on your me. court here. No, this. The ball is in your court here. And a lot of people have suggested the name mixologist at this point, but this is this is on you wow. to own up to and and to hand it's out. It's not
2: cards. on me at all because I don't say anything about it. You use okay. it.
1: All right. You're anyway,
2: stealing without giving credit.
1: That's not true at all. Unethical. What was um? What was the other name that we had? I don't know. I think we I think we tried mixers. That was bad. Um
2: oh, that can't work.
1: I don't know. Um are you ready for this? For what? <laughs> to just for the for the episode. We've we've fiddled yeah. faddled All around right. enough. Um we have to go in divisional standing. Obviously, we are now through week six of the NFL season, um, and at this point in time, the Philadelphia Eagles still hold first place in the NFC East, even though they lost in embarrassing fashion to the New York Jets for the first time ever. Um, first time I actually, ever. look, I'm going to say I was—you actually mentioned before we started recording um, how annoyed I get when people like beat things into the ground. I was really annoyed at how many people on Sunday evening were like, "Wait, the." jets have never beaten the eagles ever how did you not know this like this has been discussed a million different times like every time they play it's a thing um it's it's i would honestly say it's up there with the steagles in terms of things that are discussed ad nauseum uh but nevertheless it is no longer a thing 20 to 14 the final score your initial thoughts of course Brandon the Foresters. i
2: don't think i'm as angry as i want to be after this game (laughs) i'd like to be able to rip people more for like, oh, you just stunk all game long. That's not really the case. I think this was a game that was uncharacteristic. I don't think I'm worried about Devontae Smith dropping the ball wide open in the middle of the field moving forward. I don't think I'm worried about Dallas Goddard, who's been ex- extremely successful on those screenplays that they run for him, having the ball somehow bobble off his hands and right into the hands of a Jets defender. I don't think I'm worried about John De Swift fumbling when that hasn't really been an issue for him this year. I don't think I'm worried about Jalen Hurts throwing the worst interception like of his career, inexplicably in a key spot, Wait, I don't think that's well, going to be an issue. There were a lot of Jalen Hurts right.
1: interceptions to choose from, to be fair.
2: Okay, that is true. And look, I do think at the end of the day, he deserves blame. And I mentioned this a lot on BGN radio the most blame, honestly, because you don't pay your quarterback $50 million to be like not the biggest issue or not the problem with your loss. You don't do that. It's not necessarily fair, quote unquote. But that's the expectation. If you have an elite quarterback, they have to be the difference maker. And even though he didn't have a great game, well, it's weird because he legitimately was having a pretty good game. Maybe his, even his best game of the season up until a certain point when, and the most critical point, which is kind of the most important thing. And if you do everything else, great, but fail at the end, which he did by throwing that, he, he like, you can't throw that interception. You just can't. And it's not like, <sighs> Like, all he had to do on that play, instead of throwing the interception, was he could have just eaten it. He could have taken the sack, Eagles punt the ball, and they give their g- defense a chance to stop Zach Wilson in the offense. And no, that's not on the offensive coordinator or Nick Sirianni. Eagles should have absolutely went for it on that third down. Because if you get a first down there, and you trust that your quarterback, who you paid $50 million to, who's throwing to Devontae Smith, who
1: dropped the pass earlier. Okay, but even maybe No, him, the Devontae Dallas dropped it. His- Really bad. Uh or that was AJ Brown. That wasn't even a drop. That was like uh I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like there it are drops awful. that are yeah, like He's some drops open. are like it it hits your hands, and like you know, it's a close contested kind of thing. This was just like like almost like he, there's a he defender nearby. the ball away.
2: Like, there's no one, it's just wide open. Like, I don't understand right. how that could possibly and he also had another one earlier in the game, so it's like it's more than just okay, one bad drop in the game. Like, no, two. Like, what is going on here? So uh but yeah, going back to the interception, like all he has to do is he could take off running. He can take a sack. You just can't throw an interception there. And he did the only thing he couldn't do. And then even though he made that mistake, he had a chance to redeem himself the final drive. And they couldn't even pick up a first down. On first down, he overthrows A.J. Brown, which could have been a huge play given. That AJ could have Brown... been picked off. It could have been. Yeah, based right. on how it was tipped. But um, it should have been an easy completion. A.J. Brown was wide open. You overthrow him somehow. And ultimately, at the end of the day, when he needed Jalen Hurts to come through, and even though I said I'm not really worried about him, you know, having those kind of interceptions moving forward, I have to acknowledge he's turned the ball over way too much. And it's dating back to the Super Bowl, I think he has eight or nine turnovers since then. That's way too much. He's turning the ball over too much. Some of these interceptions in this game weren't his fault entirely because the first one, no, the Goddard, well, the Goddard one should have been ruled a fumble, kind of. Like, Goddard caught the ball but he just couldn't hold on. Like that wasn't a bad throw from Hertz. The second one I think is debatable because he got hit as he was throwing by Jermaine Johnson. I think you could have said he could have done a better job. They're not debatable when you have seven
1: interceptions through six games.
2: Well, that's my point. Like when you, you can like parse through each one, but when you zoom out and you look at has all these interceptions, you can't be like, well, he's just getting unlucky. Like one of the best things about Jalen hurts is that he takes care of the ball. Like that's been one of his strongest points. So when he's not doing that, that's kind of a big deal. And you had four turnovers in this game. You still could have won it despite that. I mean, it just wasn't their day. I think that's what it ultimately comes down to. I know I'm going long here, but like Jake Elliott misses a 37-yard field goal. Jake Elliott's been awesome this year. Like, I'm not worried about him missing field goals moving forward. Like, everyone, they're good players, played very badly,
1: and they lost the game narrowly, and that's what happened. Um, So before I offer some words that are less – Goalposts moving than yours were. Um I do want to give credit to. Where's the goalposts but... moved? I said well, the I Jets were Go... a good team heading
2: into the week, or like a team that has played teams competitively. I don't think they were a joke of a team either. Mm... I didn't. I said that. I said that. I'm not.
1: I'm not saying you. Washington I mean, and I, when I. I don't mean cut to cut take. Off. I don't mean to take like one tweet. People do this all the time. Like, I don't mean to take one tweet I saw from like a random Eagles fan and say like, that's representative of the opinions of the entire fan base. People do that all the time. Right? Like, oh, I saw a Cowboys fan saying this. I saw a Giants fan saying like, that's not my point. Um, but so, well, first of all, I wanted to give credit. Sean Daly is, um, is the author of Mixologist. Um, and I was looking at Sean's uh, tweets about this. And uh, last December, Sean noted um, that he had looked up search history to confirm that he was the first. So, um, I haven't done that, but Sean has, uh, to, you know, 100% check that, you know, mixologist is trademarked by Sean Daly. So, yeah, you should feel bad for not offering the credit that I was willing to, um, anyway. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm willing to certainly say that things like the missed field goal, you know, whatever, but those things do like, I mean, he won't like not miss a field goal the rest of the season, right? Like, yeah, again, even if he misses one or whatever, like the Eagles were, I don't want to say playing with fire. That's not the right way to put it, but they were playing poorly. Kind of work at different points in the season and had managed to pull off one drive to like ultimately win it however that was necessary like to kind of ice the game or keep the ball away from whoever they were playing um and so they were kind of right there for the taking we've been talking about that for a while and so this felt like you know maybe a more exaggerated version of that but that's why they lost obviously the jalen hurts thing um is i think a very troubling thing if you're an eagles fan um so I wanted to ask um, if you had seen this because you were obviously very busy. I wanted to read you something. It's very short. Um, a tweet that was sent right before that possession, um, the final possession of the game, uh, from an account that I respect. Uh, tweeted out, time for Hertz to go prove he's worth that contract. Jalen, of yeah. course, went four and out, um, only getting two yards in the process. And you could argue also the final pass could have been intercepted, but I mean, it's just, it's a, you know, it's a prayer of a ball, right? Why
2: just real quick, I wanted to get into like, okay, some of those interceptions weren't his fault, but he also had some drop picks. So that kind of evens out.
1: So I don't want to like, it's not fair to jump on anyone whatever and say not worth the contract totally worth the contract no quarterback is worth the contract except maybe Patrick Mahomes like the it's a people use the the car analogy all the time the moment you drive it off the lot it depreciates in value whatever um but I mean right now through six games Jalen Hurts has more interceptions than he did all of last season um he obviously Mm -hmm. had the fumble in was it week one against the Patriots he has eight turnovers through six games like that's no longer like a fluke thing that is a super bowl it's nine in seven games um so you're counting the Super Bowl is what you're saying Yeah, I'm saying in his last seven games yeah oh okay okay so the, well, he only had the it was the fumble only right I don't think he had any yeah but still the like, there's been at least one
2: turnover and he's averaging
1: more than a turnover per game that's not good so then you could argue of in his last seven games of consequence or where there was a, a viable kind of threat opposite of him because the Niners and Giants playoff games were these like comfortable easy wins um it has been tough sledding but that's going that's moving the goalpost but yeah the turnovers I mean, are, awesome are really well con- well i mean you're the one who brought up the fumble i you're the one who wanted to include that in the no case. the turnovers are an issue that's what i'm saying it's not like he's been bad um, though, on the, across the board
2: he is a ladder. He, re- he was really good in this game up until the, like the end, where, where that's what you get paid the big money for, though, to be to overcome having a bad game, to overcome Jake Elliott missing a field goal. Like that's why you get the most money, is because in theory, you're the person who can make the biggest difference and rise above adversity, some of it that you created for yourself to go and win the game. And that's what Jalen Ernst has been a really good job at doing because the Eagles were what, like 20? two and twenty-one or whatever in his last 23 starts entering this game and they give him all the credit in the world for that. So if we're gonna give him credit when he deserves it, we're also gonna rip him when he deserves to be
1: ripped. Um I think the troubling thing for this, and I'm sure you've talked about this at BGN radio, is the schedule's about to pick up for the Eagles. And so this was one of those games that you had to have because and again I know Eagles fans have heard this at nauseum at this point, but for anyone who hasn't up next uh the Eagles are on Sunday night football against the Miami Dolphins, and then at Washington, although the Commanders um, could have won that game if Ron Rivera weren't such a coward, then Dallas, then the bye week at Kansas City, Buffalo, San Francisco, and then is it Dallas again right after that? Yeah, that's at Dallas. Um, I mean, it's about to get real, and it's a pretty somber foot to kind of start that little run off of.
2: Yeah, I mean, this is... Ideally, you wanted the Eagles to build the cushion, uh and be able to withstand this tough run coming up but i mean i'm not ready to say because they lost the jets in uncharacteristic fashion Now they're definitely going to lose the dolphin they're definitely going to lose all these games and they're terrible and everything is wrong no i'm not ready to say that i am ready to say that this stretch coming up very much defines who they are so if they do start to falter more then yeah i'm going to be criticizing them during that but i'm not it's not to the point where you have to say well, because they lost this game, actually, that means all the other wins aren't even that good and they're total frauds and they are hopeless and they can't possibly hang and they can't possibly get better of any resolve. And Jalen Hurts' long streak of winning games in a very impressive fashion doesn't mean like it's just I think some of the things there's been too much overreaction to this loss, more so nationally. Certainly, you know, locally, there's always going to be a reaction to a loss. But I just think people are getting a little too. I think like everyone's going to take the Dolphins this week. I think everyone is going to jump on that. It's like how could the Eagles? Possibly that would be, be fair though. The Dolphins. I don't think it is. I don't. I mean, to, to say, say
1: to say it's impossible for the Eagles to win well, is ludicrous. Then like, Dolphin the Dolphins should have been able to blow out the
2: Bills. The Dolphins should have been able to blow out the Bills, right? Because they were coming off that dominant performance where they scored seventy points, and then the Bills did what? They they, they lost that game prior or whatever, like. Weren't no, the Dol- some- i'm asking
1: weren't the dolphins underdogs i mean i feel like we, i know we talked about this and i believe yeah, you were. took the bills in that game um uh, you didn't lock them up but they were underdogs but so like, like a lot a of stop, people were like oh this is know. such an easy
2: bet take the dolphins with the boy <laughs> like sometimes you have to go against the grain i'm willing to go wow. against the grain on this one i think the eagles i can't make i'm not ready to make my know we're going to get into picking the games later so early in the week to definitely know how the i feel about this because i've not seen the injury report and that's very important And that's honestly like the more concerning thing coming out of the Jets game is just the overall team health because the Eels got really banged up. And especially when it comes to the status of Lane Johnson, who might be able to play, but uh, we will see. And also we will see how, just how healthy he is as he's playing through injury. That's really the bigger concern for me and the bigger picture. It wasn't about, okay, are these good players suddenly bad? No, it's more about, uh, is this team going to be able to field enough players to make it through these games?
1: I don't think that it's logical to say, are these good players suddenly bad? I think it's fair to wonder, are these good players who were all playing at elite levels simultaneously? Is there starting to, you know, is regression of the means starting to happen in some particular way? So you could certainly argue um, injuries suck no matter who they are, no matter what team they happen to, but like that's starting to pop up obviously. Um, And certainly again, Nobody wants to see anybody be hurt. Good news that the initial report was that Lane Johnson isn't expected to be dealing with anything long-term, um, but he is the the Jenga piece on the Eagles roster. Uh, the great Dave Dameshek always talks about who are the non-quarterback Jenga pieces on NFL teams. It's Lane Johnson for the Eagles, and that's been the case for a long time now, um, and you're right. I wonder if we'll see the line move. We'll talk about it in a little bit, but um, after the injury report's comes out in the middle of this week. already gone to the Dolphins' side because...
2: Surprise a lot of the money is going in on Miami's side.
1: It's so funny how you uh, have loved the Dolphins for I don't know like 15 months now, and then I'm not all of a sudden the Eagles down are playing the them and they suck and they're losers. That's not okay. It <laughs> didn't say anything
2: remotely like that. I think the Dolphins are, I think the Dolphins could be in the Super Bowl. I am, it's nothing against the Dolphins, it's just that like, it can't just be. Well, the Eagles lost to the Jets, so now they're bad defensively, and they just have no chance against the Dolphins. Like, I can't accept that as a real take.
1: Um, I don't think that that take exists. I mean, you know, like that—that that seems a more of a local man, thing but... than people just overreacting here. But I have sure. seen that energy locally is what I'm getting that from. Are we ready to move on? Yes. Uh, all right. Um, wow, I'm surprised I haven't heard you say um, that the Phillies beat the Marlins. So, like, you know, there was some positive. Philly, Miami energy going on right now. But and hey look i'm trying to <laughs> trying to throw you a bone anyway um next up the dallas cowboys uh beat the los angeles chargers on monday night football 20 to 17 brandon i would love to hear your thoughts on justin herbert having an opportunity to go win the game I mean, and throwing an interception at the very I end in jumped off fashion. the chargers bandwagon
2: <laughs> before the season that is very much like, if you look at all my picks this year i've like, right. picked against the chargers consistently and you know that for the ESPN nfl show i've said they just deserve zero benefit of the doubt let them that's true but
1: but herbert deserves. A lot of this at this point. Like, and to your point about yeah, I give, give you credit for for criticizing Jalen Hurts. Justin Herbert got a big contract too. You know what sure. I mean? If you're gonna give him all the money, I mean, and I don't know what the stat is that's floating around. Um, like intercept he has like interceptions in the final three minutes, whatever it is, down seven or something like that. He has 13 since 2020, and nobody else has more than eight. Um, so like at a certain point, it can't like. Justin Herbert is in the cushiest spot I like Justin okay, Herbert but that, let's that is, focus on the Cowboys a little bit like, I'm just begin. saying I've you have been a Justin Herbert stand forever and it's fair to believe in him but that was a horrible I mean, moment but a great job so at the Cowboys
2: after they blew the playoff game certainly and then I was not feeling good about the Chargers this year I wasn't I haven't been I've have not okay. been on the Chargers this year you're and right that's
1: well, I bet it. I literally
2: bet mm-hmm. on the Cowboys to win this game with my own real money on DraftKings Sportsbook. Shout out DraftKings. And I also and any, anywhere I picked them against the spread and my straight up picks, I picked the Cowboys. I I had full com and in the NFC's mixtape last week, I had full confidence the Cowboys were gonna win that game because I had zero confidence in the Chargers. So it's, I know I'm not like
1: surprised that the Cowboys won we're, that game. Uh, we'll leave uh, that discussion for the AFC West mixtape, which I wish sure. was a joke that I was making, but it's an actual well, I mean, real you thing. You like it. You uh, actually uh, like it. Because it's, whatever. Anyway, know, um, the Cowboys. is the highest form of flattery, they say. This was a tough, grinded-out win for Dallas. I don't know how much attention, we didn't talk about this, you were paying because the Phillies were playing at the same yeah, time. Yeah, I was flipping back and forth. Right. Um, it was tough sledding, man. And um, this was kind of obviously the most Contentious game the Cowboys have played all season long because you know they played in four blowouts. Obviously, the San Francisco one went against them. And even the Cardinals game, they were just chasing almost from the jump. Uh, but this was kind of back and forth. The Chargers scored early on, and then Dan Quinn kind of put the clamps on. Um, Kellen Moore didn't really have that great of a showing, which was, you know, a positive thing for the Cowboys, but Mike McCarthy did not either. Uh, Dak Prescott mm-hmm. really was just kind of the hero for the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. To your point about why you paid quarterbacks, the big bucks. He was the the most stabilizing. Thermostaty player on the offensive side of the ball. Um, I, I did have Mike McCarthy as not only a stock down, but my leading stock down, the person okay. I gave the most attention to um, talked about him on our post game show that our, the BTB listeners have obviously heard. Um, so it was a game where there were certainly some positive things to take away. Dak Prescott chief among them, Ceedee lamb after calling for the ball more, I tweeted this during the game. It is a badass thing to me when you can say, I want the ball more and then you get it and you deliver. Like, that is a cool thing. Not a lot of people have that capability, but C.D. Lamb pulled it off. Marquise Bell was amazing on the defensive side of the ball. Cowboys secondary rose to the challenge at the very end. Kind of a, a tough day for certain players. Um, I created a new category that I called Volatile Stock, which is kind of meant to embody players who had kind of an up-and-down game. Stephon Gilmore was there. He had a really rough game, I thought, until the game-sealing interception. Um, but Mike McCarthy's decision at the end of the first half is going to be what a lot of people talk about now that the Cowboys are on their bye. But uh, actually, last thing to get to the buy at four and two um, is obviously a lot better than three and three, and um, to to get this win the day after not only the Eagles lost but the Niners lost as well. Uh, was just a big boost of positive energy when a week ago it felt like the season was completely and totally over after what happened in San Francisco and again for those Cowboys fans who are also Rangers fans just positive vibes right now in an overall sports sense
2: I don't think you needed style points the Cowboys have had those wins this year you just needed to actually rebound from the 49ers loss and win the game that's what they did three things that I want to get to number one is that Jonathan Gannon's style which is also like Brandon Staley's style of just like th- don't allow the big play at all cost play off on third down was driving me nuts because there were i saw multiple third downs where credit to Dak for making the throw but it's also just like cd lamb or whatever just free release and wide open at the marker and the quarterback is just playing incredibly far off and is basically like okay i'll just rally and tackle them but like you're giving him a first down you're just surrendering it so that drove me nuts uh that's not the cowboy's fault or anything a criticism of them it's just nuts to see that when we against them number two i'm glad you called out the mccarthy thing because i uh, think
1: you have to mention the end of the first half sequence there where- so the context of that because i'm sure there were a lot of eagles fans who were maybe watching the phillies and didn't see it and to live it out in real time was really interesting um the cowboys got down to the chargers 14 yard line um they were tied with the chargers at the time seven to seven and there were eight seconds left. The Cowboys had two timeouts, and so Joe Buck is on the call. And by the way, I don't, I don't know how well you listen, but Joe Buck and Troy Aikman were kind of loose in this game. Like it was kind of fun. Um, it was a, it was a real vibesy kind of night. Um, I think they've loosened up a little bit since um the transition to Monday Night Football. That's a different discussion. Anyway, so um, the clock stops with eight seconds left, and all of a sudden, like out of nowhere, there are only three seconds left on the clock, and everybody's like. What? <laughs> uh, what yeah. happened here? Um, and there had been a discussion between Mike McCarthy and the official that sort of preceded this. And so Joe Buck is kind of like the mind of all of us, pontificating like, "I, don't, I have no idea." He actually said, "Unless I fell asleep, I heard um, that. five, yeah, five seconds were just wiped off." And so all of halftime. So the Cowboys decide to kick the field goal. Um, it's successful, obviously. They go into halftime up ten to seven, and nobody has any idea. And I tweeted at this moment. I said, "Look, it's possible. Like there there's a remote possibility that there's an explanation for this. Like, mm. you know, you never know, like maybe there's an injury or something that popped up and you you don't have the time to kind of deal with it, whatever, blah blah blah." I said, "But that is incredibly unlikely." You know, I ripped McCarthy for that again while offering him that grace, but right out of halftime, Joe Buck says, "Okay, here's what happened." The official effectively called timeout <laughs> because they assumed that Mike McCarthy would want a shot at the end zone, but Mike right. McCarthy asked why did you, why did you not run down the clock? Um, so Mike McCarthy purposefully and willfully, as I tweeted again, um, threw away the opportunity That's to so go dumb. at the end zone, which was so frustrating. And his explanation after the game, just to give you full context, uh, was that he didn't want to chase anything right there; that he wanted to make sure they got the points and got into halftime. You two in, timeouts. Keep. I agree with you. Uh, obviously, keep in mind though, earlier in the game, Dallas faced a fourth and short. And decided to go for it instead of kicking didn't. uh what would have been an easy field goal they failed what they, obviously what they run on that i hate the name tush push so much um and then i hate that Dak after was asked about it and he was like well they didn't push my tush enough and everybody thought <sighs> it was the funniest thing in the world um but whatever uh it was such a horrible attempt at that but that's that's not even what's at stake here my mm-hmm. point is that you know the cowboys went for it and i was happy that they went for it if they failed and that sucks but like you know what are yeah. you doing, dude? What a cowardly move! To, they yeah. won this game by three points, you know, right. and the Chargers had the ball at the end with a chance to go in. Like you could have used those four extra points.
2: Yeah, this is what I talk about. Uh, you know, your coach giving you an edge. He did not give you an edge in that situation. You, I mean, it's not he nullified rock-
1: whatever edge there was in this. It's game.
2: eight seconds, dude. Like that is more than enough time. And to trust your quarterback, like you have, you have to give them one shot into the end zone. Maybe it doesn't work out. That's fine. You have plenty of time. Or it doesn't even have to be in the end zone. That's the thing. It could be over the middle of the field. It could be a short pass that just you know sets up a shorter field goal. You have two timeouts. You could take another timeout. So yeah, that was really bad. And also something that like from my side of the fence is like, I'm glad that that mismanagement exists, and it makes me feel like there is a cap on the Cowboys ceiling when I see things like that my last thing and I think this didn't get enough attention you know you talked about and and look Dak did good things in this game I didn't get to see the whole game but if we're talking about waiting the end of the game like I very much did with Jalen Hurts same standard when you have Tony Pollard open in the end zone like that and that throw didn't look right to me as it came out I don't know what happened there but that throw looked wobbly and it didn't look good and I think Troy Aikman did the listeners a disservice by being obsessed for some reason with Kenneth Murray like interfering with him when that clearly didn't happen at all and it was actually just a really bad throw that misses that throw there to have a touchdown and probably you know guarantee that the Cowboys are at least getting to overtime if the Chargers can drive they only get a field goal worked out where the Chargers Charger and Keenan Allen steps out of bounds early and the Cowboys defense shuts them down so it didn't cost them but like that was a big missed opportunity there and if the Cowboys if the Chargers are able to actually for once live up to their potential and a drive there like you better be like Dak should have been getting crushed for that that was a big missed throw at the end of the game with the game potentially on the line and giving the Chargers a chance to
1: go and march down the field and get a touchdown to win the game I think it's hilarious there's more energy from you on a miss throw from Dak Prescott in a game the Cowboys won in a, in, a, in a week I, where Dak was literally the highest graded quarterback by PFF than okay. Jalen Hurts he missed a game winning interception that was one of the worst that interceptions we've seen this NFL. Season. That is
2: so untrue. I ripped Jalen Hurts so bad for that, especially if you listen that, to me like on radio. this. I said Jalen Hurts was the main reason they lost the game. How could I say? How could I possibly
1: this, give him more any negative energy than that? This was, I mean, I I think to like. Fault Dak for this. You're is not really hitting it. You're,
2: you're giving this is this is kid gloves treatment here. You should. I don't think it's kid gloves treatment at throw. all. I would but be go... ripping Jalen Hurts for missing that throw. That was a terrible miss. Paul I don't think it was a terrible miss. He it was, was a difficult was game, open. and he, he was wide he, open in the end
1: zone. I don't think that you Dak can say him. that he was wide, he was wide open. open. Dak missed it was, him. He was under duress the entire game, and he was the only reason the Cowboys accomplished anything. had a
2: pocket on that throw. He was not pressured on that throw. He was standing in the pocket. He let it rip missed them
1: the mixologist will answer this i think it's funny again Dak was literally the highest graded quarterback by it didn't matter because the cowboys won
2: anyway we're not doing your job as an analyst to be like well it didn't matter because the chart the defense got to stop i don't think it didn't matter at all it was it
1: was it was troubling that they couldn't score obviously but to to say like to make this the biggest talking point about Dak prescott's performance i think is unfair I think would we not be ta- we, so you wouldn't be ta- if, the, if the Chargers had been able to drive which has nothing to do with
2: Dax performance at that point if the Chargers had been able to drive there which they didn't but they could have right reasonably so then you wouldn't so, be talking about that that wouldn't have so been the first of all, at all this
1: conversation is built on like six ifs but if no it's if, not if, if, the if, biggest if, if um, is that if the Chargers go and score a touchdown there which was conceivable how is that inconceivable I'm not saying it was inconceivable but if if that had happened I, I still wouldn't. I mean, it would have sucked. And I think that certainly you could have blamed Dak to some degree for missing Tony Pard there. Um, but I mean, Dak, Dak did his part in this game. Dak, the, the 60 yard gain that Tony Pard had, had only happened because Dak did roll out of the pocket and did hit him and did make that something out nice of nothing. Play. I mean, like everything good that happened on offense in this game happened because of Dak Prescott and happened because he was mobile and floating out of the pocket, which was really nice to see. Um, so, had that happened, I mean, I wouldn't have come back and been like, oh, man, this is on Dak because he missed this Tony Par." Like, that would have been, you know, maybe this one of why... the butterfly effect moments. No, like, the, the villain Dylan in Hurts game... had the
2: same kind of game you're talking about that Dak did earlier in the game until messing up at the end. And I'm crushing Jalen Hurts for that at the end. That, he did not have the same, same game. He threw two
1: interceptions before it. the interception at the end of the game. Like, Dak Those didn't were... hurt his team
2: like that. I mean... Those were not on him. As much. Okay. Uh, as much. The second one, maybe. The second one is debatable. I think you can debate
1: that one. The first one was not. First one we came here after the Cowboys lost to the, the Jaguars last fumble. year when Dak's game losing interception was tipped out of Noah Brown's hands and he was not afforded the same kind of grace. So again, but you brought up the same point that it's like, okay, maybe that exact interception isn't his fault,
2: but you look at how he's leading the NFL interceptions and you can't just Salem say hurts that, has okay. the
1: most interceptions of all NFC quarterbacks. The only quarterback yeah, with more interceptions than him I'm is Jimmy that. Garoppolo. He has I'm the same amount that. of picks as Mac Jones. So I'm saying that's a problem again to harp this much on the one play that Dak Prescott missed when it's he made every other one throughout the play, night potentially it wasn't the game defining play the game defining play because was because the, the defense stepped up but it, it, it was because
2: in the scenario where the Chargers was able to go no, down and get if, a touchdown yes if it the was. Chargers
1: had gone down and scored the villain of it all would have been Mike McCarthy rightfully so if anyone limited well, if anyone put a cap on them throughout the night it was Mike McCarthy and there's a lot of Cowboys fans I don't like coming at him like this because I'm a fan of his Uh, But Michael Gallup had a really poor showing in this particular game. I don't know if you've seen any of this conversation online. Touchdown. He had 10 targets in this game and three receptions for 24 yards. I haven't looked this up, but I feel like that has not happened in a very long time. Like where you had that little production off of that many targets. targets. Um, Now, some of that's on deck. Like everybody is kind of coming from my and I feel badly because I'm a fan of Michael Gallup. I think he has returned to physical form. You and I have talked about this. But, I mean, it was just not a great night for him. And if you're going to force feed anyone in this offense, it has to be CeeDee Lamb. I tweeted this out right before we started recording. Uh, I'm going to write about it. There are three players in the NFL this season who have had at least 42 targets and have at least a catch percentage of 80%. Evan Ingram of the Jacksonville Jaguars, who the Giants let walk, by the way, um, and Adam Thielen, who's having a weird season for the Panthers, even though they're 0-6. But CeeDee's the third one. So he's having this remarkably efficient season. Why is that not the dude who you're feeding 10 targets towards in the game? I don't know why. Like again, I'm willing to put some of that on Dak Prescott. I don't think it's fair to put it all on Gallup, all on Mike McCarthy, but if anyone was responsible for the Cowboys leaving meat on the bone for the Chargers to have an opportunity to capitalize on, it was Mike McCarthy. It the was decision Dak Prescott by missing a throw in the final play. Again, the mixologist I think will speak on behalf of everything that happened here. But um in the spirit of the mixologist. I don't know how to segue from this. We are going to take a very quick break to hear a word from our sponsors.
0: Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference.
1: while we were gone, you told me why the word mixologist is your favorite word in the English language. Do you
2: leave enough time for the break in terms of like, does Rachel have to like, is that hard for her?
1: You know, cause if you um, give her like the extra second, then so she can make it a clean break. I don't want the listeners to think that um, I do work that you don't, but I handle this on our side at uh blog on the boys, even though Rachel produces. The well, show. I don't do the audio work. Yeah. Right. It's right. Not like right, right. Um, so it's very, totally a producer. like, like you're, you're literally just, it's, you know, I'm not diminishing the adding of the break. Yeah, I was asking um, a question to but be but clear it too. It's I didn't a fairly know simple the answer thing. to it. Um, so, oh, good. you know, I'm little, glad. little peek behind the curtain here. Yeah, I, I, I leave time for the break. You know what I mean? Um, but way to way to break the fourth wall for a Bandit. You didn't answer why mixologist is your favorite word. Sean Daly would like to know. It's not my favorite word. Wow. Do you have a better name for the listeners? You've never offered one. I don't. Mm. I
2: mean, you know, I was thinking you could call them something that relates to like, you know, obviously. You know, listening to a mixtape maybe we could call our listeners like i don't know listeners it's, it's it's more applicable than
1: ever what if we call them like the mosh pit you know what i mean like we're like a concert and they're mm. they're a mosh pit have you ever been in a mosh pit all six foot five of you i've been near them not in one like not fully not mosh. is it called moshing if you're in the yeah pit? it is i didn't know that i was really asking we not have really a the crowds guy
2: in, in general but uh, mm. if I am I'm not trying to be in like the, if I am at some point, I'm not going to be in the,
1: like, the heart of <laughs> the crowd action. Anyway, um, the Washington Commanders defeated the Atlanta Falcons on Sunday, uh, the only other team in the NFCs to get a win in week six outside of the Cowboys. Um, 24 to 16, the final score. No revenge for Taylor Heineke. Um, yeah, can't get the Didn't Jordan. play. Uh, <laughs> he should have played because yeah. Desmond Ritter stinks the interception he threw in the red zone we um fast forwarded through this game on monday football monday which um if you don't know what that means listeners mixologists how dare you um but um 14 of 23 for 151 yards and three touchdowns again kind of a weird game um it never felt like the commanders are really in jeopardy in this game but i think some i don't mean to take away from them but some of that is the falcons like you know but Mm -hmm. i mean they're 500 and you know i mean they're not going away like i think i've said this kind of all season. I would not be stunned if they were the seven seed at this point. I mean, they they have a, an ability to kind of grind some games out, um, but they also have an ability to throw games away, which is what makes them so mad.
2: It's a very good response to getting embarrassed at home, right? They're at home against the Bears, getting blown out. So, you know, credit to them for taking advantage of that. I have clearly not been a big Falcons fan this year, but still you're on the road in Atlanta, coming off a terrible loss, you get a chance to move up to three and three, get a potential Tiebreaker. I don't know if the Falcons will be, and that makes for the seventh seed. Potentially, they could be. Not crazy to think. So you get a potential valuable tiebreaker as well. And then looking at the commander schedule coming up here for let's say their next five, you get home or uh, road against the Giants. Dub. You get home against the Eagles. Dub. <laughs> okay. You get uh Road against the Patriots. Dub. Home against Seahawks. Or sorry, Road mm. against Seahawks
1: the Wa- the battle of washingtons
2: right and then the washington football teams yep and then uh giants in uh landover maryland so that's like that's a you have a chance to i mean conservatively let's say they beat the giants both times they beat the patriots
1: like 3 and 2 so you two. get to 6 and 4 yeah before. so like you know you're still
2: yeah. not in a bad it, spot there you're not fine and that spot. T-
1: Yeah, I don't think they did this on purpose. That takes you into Thanksgiving, which is kind of like the third, the second checkpoint of the season um, for everyone. Um, But that takes you into Thanksgiving at six and four. They visit the Cowboys on Thanksgiving Day. If they lose that game, even still, if you're north of five hundred through Thanksgiving, you know what I mean. Like, I think that's a pretty positive thing for this particular. You you enter the Cowboys game thinking, okay,
2: like maybe, maybe we can actually beat them. And then if we do, then we're we're cooking with gas at that point. You know, obviously they're gonna be underdogs in that game, and then if they do lose that game, drop to six and five, then you have the dolphins the next week. So, you know, that's kind of tough. Might be looking at six and six all of a sudden. Well,
1: now the dolphins are tough 20 minutes ago. The Dolphins were losers. <laughs> not, I'm
2: not saying the Dolphins <laughs> don't stand a chance. I think they should be favored in this game against the Eagles, but I just don't think the Eagles are hopeless against them. I don't right, think right, it's right. like oh the Eagles don't have a chance to win the game. Um, uh, so are you I, impressed
1: with Sam Howell?
2: It's tough because uh, he's had some good games, but he's, I mean, in this game, kind of a weird game, like 14 and 23 for only 151 yards. So like the, t- you know, the touchdowns boost up the passer rating there. It's not like he passed all over them. The offense as a whole did like they, they were under 200 yards between uh 121 passing, taking out the five sacks. They're still allowing a lot of sacks here. They <laughs> have five sacks in this game. And then the rushing only, they were at 72 on 22 attempts, 3.3 yards per attempt. So it's this wasn't like, wow, amazing offensive performance here. So i s I'm not like still not in him in on him as franchise quarterback that you're signing to an extension, but I'm I'm still at the spot where you know, like obviously you don't have to put Jacoby Brissett in here. You can play him and see if uh he is your guy or not.
1: Yeah, I don't mean to call it a hollow three touchdown performance because that's impressive. Like, you know what I mean, in an objective sense, but um They do feel a little bit like empty calories. I was going to say when we were arguing that Jalen Hurts is 11th um, in EPA per play. But Sam Howell, even after throwing three touchdowns, is 20th. I mean, like, he Hmm. trails quarterbacks like Jordan Love and Derek Carr and Anthony Richardson, even, who obviously hasn't played in a while. Um, So, and the first quarterback he's ahead of, by the way, is Trevor Lawrence, which is interesting, but, uh, you know, (laughs) whatever the case may be. Um, I, I mean, I think you you have to start to maybe be a little bit panicked if you are a commanders fan that he is playing well enough to give you false hope to where you don't make a move in the off season. Like, right. like he's, he's not playing supremely well enough where you have the answer, but like you're, you're fl- flirting with purgatory at this point, And that would yeah. be a disaster. That's the worst case scenario. The worst case scenario is
2: not, he sucks and you have to move on. The worst case scenario is, yeah, he just said he's in between looking at this game. How did the Falcons lose this game? had more first downs they were better on third down uh they better yards per play falcons gained 402 yards in this game commanders had 193 (laughs) so the real answer here is it comes down to they're also same in the red zone uh the commanders had more penalties than the falcons did here's the magic the uh, falcons possessed the ball longer than the commanders did what's the key
1: yeah, this is commanders one of them. Turn
2: the ball over. Right. Falcons turned it over three times. So, it's kind of going back to the Eagles game, when you happen to turn the ball over a lot, it is really the only thing that matters in the end.
1: The Commanders were two for 10 on third down. Yeah. Two for like
2: 10. They, they, so, they, okay, like <laughs> looking at this, these numbers more, the Commanders, like, this isn't like, well, the Commanders went to Atlanta and they outplayed them. I mean, they took care of the ball, and that's important, but it's not like they went down and put a beat down on the Falcons. It's just that. They made fewer mistakes than the Falcons. The you Falcons know, beat themselves a little bit more here than the final score would show, I think.
1: So, like, literally everything. I mean, you kind of said it, but like, I'm, I'm like, when you go to like your generic kind of like team stats listing, like whatever, you know, site or whatever you're using, I mean, literally every single category, the commanders are not just like outperformed, yeah. but like significantly outperformed. <laughs> um I mean, like, um turnovers matter. Like, you know what I mean? Like, they, they can literally flip games, they flip this so that, game yeah. in favor of Atlanta.
2: And that doesn't mean like now the commanders don't get credit. No, they get credit. They didn't turn the ball over. But this also doesn't mean like, oh, the commanders are actually back and they're for real. It's that's, you know, it's that they're the same team, kind of middling team. I think they have been mostly. And I don't think this means they've turned the corner as much as it gives them an opportunity to if they play better in these games upcoming, which they do have the chance to do that and do go on that little bit of a run there. But I don't think the needle has moved on the commanders. I've said that all season long. And I don't think this changes anything either.
1: I would also last thing, and I don't mean to just rip the commanders because a win is a win and you know, still like, it's not your fault. The Falcons turn the ball over. Um, but two of their touchdowns in this game began at the Atlanta 11 yard line mm-hmm. and 27 yard line. Yep. Um, so, and even then they actually had a third possession begin across midfield, but this one was by way of a punt out of turnover. Mm-hmm. Um, so they began at the Atlanta 44 yard line and punted themselves. If you begin at that, like at that point, you're what, like seven yards at a field goal range, maybe. Mm-hmm. I mean, like you, you can't punt if if you punt after starting with 44 yards to go, that is a failure. Um, And they yeah. did and obviously went through and out, but um, okay, let's move on the New York giants. So this was <laughs> a, um, to contextualize my experience, um, This was the night that the Astros and Rangers began the ALCS. I was watching that more heavily. I did have this on the second TV. Um, And then when game one ended, there was enough time to kind of come into the Giants-Bills game and still enjoy the beautiful mess. Um, Mm. And it was a beautiful mess. It was weirdly entertaining, despite the fact that everybody thought it wouldn't be. Um, Our buddy Steven failed in his lock, um, Mm. took the Bills at, what was it, 14 and a half, whatever. Bills didn't even score 14 and a half. Yeah. Yeah. 14-9, the final score. Giants fans have a bit of a case, I think, to complain about the lack of a call on the final play. But, dude, like, what's going on? And the end of first half (sighs) for the Giants as well. Like, this is – there's nothing redeeming happening with the Giants right now. Nothing whatsoever. Nothing at all.
2: It's pretty incredible. They managed to get to, what, the one both times and not even score at all? Uh, I mean, just do the quarterback sneak there at some point. It's just – like, just try. Give yourself a chance at that as opposed to throwing with your backup quarterback. Uh, I guess the tone, at big blue view from what I've seen is that, you know, this is kind of an encouraging loss, but I don't know, man. Like I can't, I, I guess because you didn't look as pathetic comparatively, but like if, if you have a chance to win this game and you are making progress, like you have to, you just have to finish it. Like you have to do it. You don't get credit for not doing it. Like you have to do
1: it. I mentioned, how can you start a possession at the 44 yard line and get no points? How can you finish multiple possessions at the opposing one yard line and come away with no points? That's yeah. amazing. Um, now, and I understand that, McCarthy,
2: I mean, the, the Dable end
1: of the first half is just, dude, what are you doing? Pathetic. Brian Dable, I always had this thought, but Brian Dable proved. That coach of the year is when it's applicable, a rookie of the year award for NFL coaches. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's really what coach of the year is, unless you have this like overwhelming, it-, it can sometimes be like a comeback player of the year award for coaches. You know what I mean? Like a coach who's been a little bit down on their luck and then kind of yeah. rose. Um, it is very, very, very rarely awarded to the coach who did the best coaching job. Um and I will be forever bothered that he got it over uh Kevin O'Connell for the it's season at the Vikings. Had. The most unexpected coaching job of the year. That's is what maybe the, the best way to for. put it. Um to rod Taylor, you said it would be funny if he created a bit of a quarterback controversy. I think he did <laughs> what he could um and he did move the ball in a vertical sense, in a way that Daniel Jones hasn't shown an ability to this season. And he and he didn't turn over the ball. That's true. Um, so Which is big he might be a better quarterback than Daniel Jones, but he didn't prove it in, in a way that is like funny. No. You know what I mean? Which would have been funny for us. No. Um, but yeah, I mean, cool. You only lost by five. You almost won. You kind of had a he chance. He scored nine points. <laughs> um, I mean, dude, I saw Mike Clay of ESPN tweet this out. Um, and you could do this with a lot of teams. He tweeted that the Dolphins scored 70 points in whatever it was, week three or four. The Giants have scored 71 points all yeah. season. I mean, dude, there was a point where is... like Jake Elliott was outscoring the Giants, which isn't
2: good for the Eagles if your kicker's scoring that much, but still, like, that's pretty, it's pretty tough.
1: I also, I mean, I think they've only scored offensive touchdowns in two of their games this season or like three or something. Like that. It's terrible. I started to see more people come around to the take that you and I um, launched and created, much like um, the term NFC Beast, um, in that the mm-hmm. Giants had two successful of a first year of the rebuild um, that created unmanageable or unlikely to be fulfilled expectations for the second year so i'm really interested to see the future rebuilds across the nfl because i wonder if there will be a coach who's in a situation like brian dable was last year like couldn't couldn't you say this is a dumb way to put this and i i don't agree with myself but couldn't like if you're a giants fan don't you wish that the second half of last season really didn't work out that way you know, what I, mean? no,
2: like, I, I always say no one ever means that no one ever means like, oh, I wish my team got blown out instead of it even being close that right. no one ever actually means that no, because no one is sitting there during the blowout being like, I'm so thankful we're getting blown out <laughs> and this game isn't close. No I one is ever saying that
1: pe- people feel that way. If it like, and I I do believe this, if it's like week 16 or 17 and you can clinch like the number one overall pick, you know, like that's a different thing um, as opposed to like, you know, the middle of October and just like, you know, there's so many factors thing. left say it in hindsight but it's not something people actually feel in the moment still man um i mean if anybody fell i don't want to say fell for this because there were objectively fair reasons to believe in the giants but it was never fair to like to just chug <sighs> the kool-aid but i mean this is a fan base that had been parched for like a decade you know what i mean so i, I don't blame them for jumping at the first opportunity um but man um what a what a what an embarrassment! like it's it's more than bad and it's more than embarrassing it's cataclysmic.
2: progress isn't linear and that is something i said about the giants heading into this season the problem is i don't know if this is you can call this progress like i don't i think that's just because they're taking a step back like the way they're going about it i don't know that they're really progressing and you know they have a stretch upcoming here where they In theory, they have some winnable games. They're hosting the Commanders. We'll talk about that in a bit here. They're hosting the team they play in their same stadium, the Jets. And then they play away against the Raiders. Could be a, what was that guy's name? The defensive coordinator who left the Giants to go to the Raiders. Patrick could be a Patrick. Thank you. Patrick Graham revenge game. And then that sets up a game against the Cowboys. So they have a little stretch here where if progress is really happening, then win two, at least two of these games, I say.
1: Um, We'll see. I'm about to get to picking the games, but um, you have to win this too. Well, the Jets are on their bye. So you're going to catch the Jets feeling the vibes of the Eagles win. You know what I'm saying? Like, so that's a tough scene. You can't, you know what I mean? Like, unless you beat the commanders and do so in impressive fashion, Mm -hmm. the vibes aren't really shifting in your favor. Um, But the the Jets are walking into that game feeling, you know, better than the Giants, I think. But um, it is that time to. Uh, forecast. We're recording this on Tuesday. There's a lot to change as far as injuries as relates to all three teams. Uh, only two relevant games because the Cowboys are on their bye, and the Commanders and Giants play one another. That game's mm-hmm. actually happening first. Brandon uh, at noon. The Commanders at MetLife Stadium. Right now, they are getting or they excuse me, they are laying two points. The Giant. That is a new low. Like when you're two point underdogs at home against the Commanders. Uh, what a tough scene for the Giants. I mean, I think, you know, it was weird. The Giants-Commanders
2: games were weirdly competitive, right, for the most part last year. The one was a tie, and then the other one, the Commanders had a chance to win at the end and did not. The Giants' offensive line is an issue, and the Commanders' defensive line is, like, the strength of their team. So I think that's a mismatch in the Commanders' favor. Both these teams, I don't think, are very good, but i am gonna go with the commander commanders are what they you said they're they're giving points
1: uh yes, the uh commanders are giving two points they're two point favorites on the road. then yeah,
2: I'll take the commanders to win and cover
1: i um I don't want to spoil my Eagles pick, but I've been saying about them like I'm going to keep picking them until I have a reason not to, right? Like I'm going to keep mm-hmm. picking until I, you know, whatever until something changes. And I feel the opposite way about the Giants. Like I don't care who it is. Like I'm, I cannot pick them until they prove otherwise. Granted, they did cover last week, but I, I mean, I'm, I'm obviously down on the Bills. I've said that many different times. Um, they really escaped um, a slew of national controversy with a win. Um, and now they get to dunk on, you know, the Niners and the Eagles because they want, because, you know, history is written by the winners, mm. um, whatever. But, um, so yeah, I think some of that was the bills, um, and maybe the Brian Dable of it all, uh, but whatever, but I'm taking the commanders. Like I, I am that unconfident in the giants that I will with sound mind and judgment, take the commanders, mm. um, so, and plus two points. I mean, it's effectively a pick'em. I know yeah. it's not, but like, you know, it's yeah. close enough. So cool. Uh, Cowboys on bias mentioned. mentioned, uh, we're dropping deuces here on the NFC East Mixtape, Brandon, because at present moment, the Eagles are two point favorites at home mm-hmm. against the Miami Dolphins. I did want to give you a next gen stat um, about this game. If you're okay with it, um, correct me if I'm wrong. The Eagles are wearing their Kelly green uniforms.
2: They are first time since first time of this
1: iteration, first right. time
2: at all since the 2010 Kevin Cobb so first time
1: in the nike era because they took over in 2012 Right. right okay so um but what i wanted to bring to your attention and i don't know if you know this um so far this season every game on sunday night football and that includes the week one game on a thursday night which is the sunday Night football broadcast every game has been won by a team wearing either a white jersey or a red jersey um the chiefs Niners and the bills who wore their alternate reds uh, on Sunday night. Uh, Those are the non white jersey wearing teams to win on (sighs) Sunday night football uh, this season. Although the Chiefs did lose in a red jersey in that first Thursday night game to the Lions who were wearing white. But so are you concerned uh, that the the Eagles are not wearing white or red? The Dolphins in fact are wearing white.
2: Well, the Eagles actually had a really good record. I believe with their black pants that they wear and they actually did the rare combo last week of white top black pants. Mm. They only started doing since Dylan hurts asked the team to do it in 2021 and they lost to the Jets. So uh, maybe I'm not putting as much stock into the uniform thing. Or
1: maybe, maybe the red and white is what's taking over, you know, citizens bank park. And that's, you know, maybe all the vibes are there right now. You know what I'm saying? But this is a thing as far as I'm concerned.
2: I do think that the dolphins are a very, very good team. I also think that it's not just time to abandon ship. On the Eagles, where I think a lot of people will be picking the Dolphins this week, I think it's going to be a really good game, really close game. I think the Eagles learn and also get a little less unlucky. They're not. I don't expect them to turn the ball over four times again this week. So I think that it's really close, good game. I said in my preseason prediction, win-loss article, when the schedule came out that the Eagles would start the season 5-1. and one. I liked, and obviously that was with Aaron Rodgers playing for the Jets at the time. So I I said they were going to lose either the Jets or the Dolphins game, but they will win the other one. And I'm going to stick with that. I think they're going to split those two games between the AFC East. I think the Eagles will find a way to win. Now, again, I have not yet seen the injury report, and that is especially important for the Eagles this week. Right, right. Considering all the injuries they have. So I reserve the right to change my prediction. Let's say if we're doing... You know, TGI football on Friday and my own, my actual like score prediction for the game is very much not ready
1: to be made until I see the injury report. At yeah, least and, one injury report. And the but, line could the line could move mm-hmm. significantly. Sure. Right? Like if, if Lane's out, it might it might be a pick-um or something like so, that. And that, that changes things too.
2: I mean, in most weeks, I'm not ready to like make my final pick on Tuesday, but especially this week is a little bit more of like I need to see some more information before I'm fully confident in it. But for
1: now, I'm gonna take the Eagles to beat the Dolphins. Um, so you were right. Um, obviously about the Dolphins and and Bills game, that is really weird actually to look back on, um because that's like the one time the Bills have like really, really, really flexed against a, a contender this year. But whatever, it's still early. No need to have any hard takes but anybody. Um, and and in that game, the Dolphins were underdogs, and again, I think it was like three and a half, which is why we were, you're right. It was, two, was, it was like two oh, and I'm a, a half I think. Um, the Dolphins' offense just looks incredible. I mean, it it does. It, it looks otherworldly um like if you look on rbsdm um at like kind of just offensive success like they're like off the like Absolutely. off the sheet like you know what i mean like it's amazing and the eagles offense has been efficient this season um not to the same degree as last season but they're rushing it's actually every- been more in some ways if you but look that, at like i was gonna EPA say per play the, the rushing efficiency is really impressive and, and that's obviously mm-hmm. maybe how this game is won um just kind of you know, I hate to be like super old school. I know we're talking about EPA per play, but like go complete like archaic discussion, like, oh, just ground it, you know, ground and pound keep, keep the and long, yeah, off long the long methodical drives, whatever. That's I think the the way which they can do. They've done that. Right. Like if anyone can do that at this point outside of maybe the Niners it's probably the Eagles um so I'm I'm interested I'm really really in every game of the year that we've kind of hyped up has really failed um and the Dolphins were a part of one of those and obviously lost it but that was a a boring game Dolphins bills Cowboys Niners didn't live up to any kind of the billing um so I would love to be entertained and have a great game kind of back and forth um Mm -hmm. to really kind of experience something fun and interesting obviously I'm rooting for the Dolphins um to win um, I would love to see to just because I'm curious about it, I would love to see the Dolphins get out to like a 14-point lead. I would love to see the Eagles offense kind of have to, to press in that sense, uh, just because, again, we haven't really seen that this year except for the very end of the Jets game. So at this moment, the fact that I'm getting points – I'm going to take the Dolphins, but with like you, I'm going to reserve the right to change things. And I've said, and you can back me up, until things change with the Eagles, I'm going to keep picking them. I'm going to keep picking them. I'm a little bit too spooked at this point. And if it weren't the Dolphins, maybe I wouldn't, but the Dolphins look like maybe the best offense in the NFL. So I'm going to side with them. Um, so that is our only pick that we are different on this week. All right. Wow. Are you ready for songs? Yeah, what's your song? Or we'll start with Rachel, of course. Rachel, um, always the early bird, got her song in, I think, on Monday, actually. Uh, she has chosen Comfortable by Lil Wayne and Babyface. Are you feeling comfortable?
2: Uh, I feel fine. Okay.
1: Just fine. I don't feel. Amazing. Fine is a synonym for comfortable. I don't feel terrible. Okay um we have kind of at times used uh songs that are like themes of where the cowboys mm-hmm. or not the cowboys but the cowboys and eagles are at so um in a literal sense i'm gonna go with uh the song bye 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 by nsync because mm. the cowboys are on their bye i recently watched the nsync mm-hmm. episode mm-hmm. of hot ones um mm-hmm. it was a different kind of hot ones episode with five people being on that side of the table i'll say that um you know but i also watched the bobby flay episode i think you would enjoy that um, it was really cool to see somebody with like a, a knowledge level of food um, attack the wings the way that he did. So check those out. Free plug for hot ones.
2: How would you? How do you spell in sync?
1: In no. asterisk.
2: Wrong. Try again.
1: Have you done this like all of your life? Is that like a thing of yours that you're proud of and you think is clever? Try again. I.
2: No. N- no.
1: I don't know what you're getting at here. So. You have
2: to start with the star. It's star. Oh, it's not in
1: apostrophe. It's the stars. First stars. First. I always thought, and I guess right now I thought it was N, then the star, then sink. Because that well, would make sense because you're in
2: space. No, it's sync. yeah, but it's it's star. I mean, there there was the it has is I'm looking at uh, genius.com right now and it has like the little asterisk at front because, you know, that's like the A S C I I form. Uh, <clears throat> Online, as opposed to actually being able to type a real star on your keyboard, which you can do. But anyway, it says uh, asterisk and sync, all capital letters, sometimes stylized as star in sync, formerly stylized as apostrophe and space sync, not capitalized except for the N and then the S at the beginning of sync.
1: Man, so that would have been real. Uh, Thank God that this happened before the internet because this would have been horrible for SEO. You know what I mean? Yeah, star in sync. I mean, that's just like,
2: you know, if I'm asking you, how would you spell ACDC? Um, I would say AC slash DC. Yeah, or AC, lightning bolt, DC, either way. Like, the point right. is, like, you have to acknowledge that. It's not just literally ACDC, even though we say um, it that way.
1: Okay. What My song. Talking? Is it something is, by ACDC?
2: No. I was, <laughs> it's between songs. It's tough. Uh, I was thinking, do I do Halloween? Do I do what I've been listening to? I'm surprised to? you haven't
1: done the Philly song at this point. Like,
2: Don't worry about that. Uh, <laughs> don't worry about that. Uh, I think I'm going to go with my... Hmm, Last week, go, by the
1: way, your song was so complicated.
2: Uh, <laughs> was so good. It's so. such a good song. Uh, I'm going to go with I Won't Back Down by Tom Betty because that's my theme. I'm not backing down. I am not saying everything is fine and good with the Eagles, but I'm also not willing to say that they're hopeless at this point and everything is going bad. And if they do lose and they get blown out by the Dolphins, look, I'll be the first one to say I was wrong and I'll rip them. Not afraid to do that. But for right now, I talk about benefit of the doubt a lot. I think they have earned some, even though they lost to the Jets. I still think they have enough goodwill built up that they I am still giving them some benefit of the doubt here. It's in Philly. I'm gonna say i won't back down
1: by tom petty um i said this um in a few places monday wasn't a must win game for the cowboys um like uh shout out to tom downey who runs the Cowboys report youtube channel i he put this in a really well way i thought I, he said you can only kind of say that like maybe two or three times a season right because like every game is a must win but like you can only really call something a must win i think game. it would have been
2: if the eagles had won.
1: right well so i i still disagree the, the, well the cowboys I mean, would have been down three games i know but Still, like it wasn't a must win, but it was about as close as you can get to being ready to kind of put that label on it. And that exact description is how I feel about this Dolphins game for the Eagles, but in a different context. Um, This is a must – or not a must win, but it's close in terms of proving the status quo hasn't changed, right? Like everything is still functioning. It's like a morale must win. Yeah, at at this high of a level, you know, otherwise like a loss, particularly a blowout loss, could, could incite this conversation of, Oh, now we're just like every other NFL team. You know what I mean? So, um, it's important. I it's guess, a power so you know, rankings better. must win. Ooh, that's a good way to put it. Uh, where did you have the Eagles in your power rankings this week?
2: Uh, I've not done them. yet, wow. so I have to do
1: that. But if looking at it
2: very quickly, um, I mean, I'd probably I'm obviously gonna drop them. Uh, probably drop them to. It's tough though because like the Bills lost too. Um, I my, also um, lost top
1: eight. I have the Cowboys at eight. So my top eight are the Chiefs, Dolphins, 49ers. Niners, Lions, um, Eagles, Bills, and Ravens. Before the
2: Cowboys. teams above the Eagles right now, I'd would put would be the Chiefs, Dolphins,
1: Lions, Niners. Niners. That's yeah, that's where I had. Them. I think I had that's them, it. I, had yeah. I, had, I still yeah. had Philly ahead of the Bills. The Bills, that was such a gross win. And like it wasn't, I mean, maybe it was a moral loss for the Bills, another term you coined here, but mm. I mean. Hope so at least, but whatever. Um cool. As we leave, Brandon, I would like you to tell us. We're getting to that time. Your top two. Nobody ever does top two. It's top three, top five, but your top two favorite Halloween candies to get while trick-or-treating. This is specific to like, you know, it's pretty accessible Mm -hmm. when trick-or-treating. You can't be like, oh, I like this very niche, you know, candy bar. No, like Uh it's a commonly distributed thing amongst trick-or-trick-or-treating situations.
2: I want the Reese's peanut butter cup but this the one shaped like a pumpkin specifically you know like okay. the holiday special one I want mm-hmm. that big on like specific you know thing like yeah I want my mint chocolate ice cream to be mint chocolate chip to be uh green even though it okay. doesn't functionally change the taste of its white or it's just the food dye but I want it to be green the aesthetic okay. aesthetics are part of things anyway yeah it's an experience
1: for sure okay yeah that's
2: why people are always like oh, who well, who cares about the jersey numbers or the jersey colors it's like it's all part of it everything mm-hmm. is
1: part of it anyway the, like, like the that's side. why you should only, like, there's, the jersey choice should be, like, it should be part of the weather and the time of day that the game is happening. You know what I mean? Because mm. some jerseys just don't, I've said before, the Kelly Green jerseys I think look great in an afternoon game, but maybe mm. not so much at night. But we'll see. Uh,
2: but we'll ahead. see. Yeah, give it a chance. And then I will say a Twix, because hard to go wrong with the Twix.